Rich, do you have any go-to TV shows? Yes. What are you watching these days? Well, I'm watching what everyone else is watching. I watch Succession. Oh, me too. It's frankly, it's the only thing I watch that isn't something I watch with the kids, right? Like it's. Yeah. I, I'm just a little tuned out right now, and I didn't want to get into that show because it's annoying and predictable to get into that show. I know you don't like to go where the masses are going, even though, like, if you look at the viewership, it's like eight hundred thousand. It's actually small. It really is. I don't really understand. They all that. live in this neighborhood. Where they all live right in this now, neighborhood. Yeah. We're in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. So, uh, anti-spoiler alert. Don't worry about it. There will be no spoilers here. We're going meta. Just to frame it for everyone, Paul, take 30 seconds and tell everyone who doesn't watch Succession what Succession's about. We're going to try to make this entertaining for everybody. Succession is about, um, essentially, it's about Rupert Murdoch. It's about uh, a, a man who founded and built a huge media and entertainment empire uh, and owns a sort of proxy Fox News. Mm-hmm. And his... He's worth billions and billions of dollars, which means his children are too. And his children would like to take over the company. Mm-hmm. But they show a lot of signs of being spoiled, rich, self-indulgent, narcissistic goonballs. Yeah. And he himself is an absolutely nefarious, manipulative monster human. Yes. So it's very, it's very watchable. And it gets a lot... It's actually classically Shakespearean oh, in yeah. some ways. There's good talent on this show. And there's also... Um, it gets a lot right about the vibes of the media industry. They go to places that are, you know, they go to conferences that look like the weird Aspen type of conferences that media people like to go They're to. They're on plane, private planes and boats a lot. Yeah. It's, so it, it's, it's definitely, that. you get to watch. There's a great, um, somebody, I, I won't go too far into this, but somebody once asked the novelist Henry James, you know, like, why do you only write about rich people? And he's sort of like, yeah, what, 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 do you, what do you want to see? Yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And actually his point, which I think is a really good one, is I wanted to understand in my novels the behavior of human beings unconstrained by their material circumstances. Yes. What is the human when they have absolutely no barriers to living any life they want? Yes. And that is what succession shows you that like it's a point of view on that. Like these I humans can, real. and all they all want father's love. That's the thesis of the show. Which is also very Shakespearean. Yes, that's right. <laughs> like I can't yeah. they can't let it go. So, but that's not how when Rich and I watch the show. What what do you see when you watch the show, Rich? I mean see I mean I've been in business over for a, 500 years. I've also visited very big like I've I've lived inside of like probably one of the most revered investment banks in the world. I've mm-hmm. lived inside of the largest transportation agency in the world. I've so I've I've been places. I don't I'm not gonna sit here and advertise that I I, I you know have been in the control room, but I see a lot of these worlds. I also, based on our past history, have dealt with a lot of lawyers and accountants. Yeah, I mean and we have spent time with what I would call what are, you know, the banks referred to as UHNWs or ultra high net worth individuals. And a bunch of those have been our clients. So what does succession get wrong? It's a bit of a caricature of a lot of that world. It does. So I mean, we're going to talk about entertaining today. us. I'm not this is by the way, we're going to talk about what succession is. We love gets succession. Wrong. We love it. But we're going to talk about three things that it gets completely wrong. All right, so go I'm gonna Paul. T- I'm gonna tell you number one. Number one is 
I watch this show and it gets a lot right about like the spaces. Like they, they shoot in Hudson Yards in New York City, which is like this very bleak mall style apartments where, you know, just all the, the very, very wealthy communicate through furniture because they're no longer able to use words or feelings. And so like, <laughs> so there's a lot of that, right? But as you're looking, there's all these empty spaces and they're talking and they're doing deals. And the thing that strikes me, especially as a former consultant, the rooms are empty of consultants and there would always be consultants nearby. All so, ways. So let's describe it. So, so here's the thing. You are a giant uh, media company. You can only make so many decisions with the people at hand. You're, the people who work there are supposed to run the company. Yes. But now you need new things. You need to know, should I buy Pierce, the big uh, publishing firm? Should I um, go into the internet? Should I do whatever? Yeah. And if you decide yes, then the process of buying causes a swarm of consultants, lawyers, bankers. But even before we get there, somebody needs to create a PowerPoint to present to you why you should go into Industry X or why you should yes. sell yes, off yes, the yes, cruise yes, yes. ship division, yes, right? Absolutely. So we haven't even gotten to execution. Typically, there would be like a thousand humans swarming in suits yeah. from different consulting firms, all trying to screw each other over. Everywhere. We've seen it. We've get... seen it with clients where we were one of the agencies and oh, there'd be yeah. like a dozen others. You'd be, you'd be walking in and then like Deloitte would be walking out, right? Yeah. And yeah. so there is a world of PowerPoint and, and Excel documents that is just simply not represented on the show. Like all these things where they're fighting and talking on, on a boat yeah. would actually be captured in PowerPoint and Excel meetings that yeah. ran for three and a half hours. Yeah. I just, you know, maybe that's cutting room floor stuff. Like HBO's no, like, they guys, didn't do it. What guys, they did is we can't do 20 minutes of PowerPoint. What they did is they have filmed four seasons of off-sites. Essentially, That's like exactly right. You know, when when everybody goes and talks and really gets it all Makes out on decisions. the table. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. other ninety nine percent of the work happens in 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 bad decks. Yeah. That are just like, um, you know, twenty twenty five vision cruise ships. You know. <laughs> also, they're not going to cut to a scene where it's like, did you see the fees? Exactly. <laughs> Tom Wamsgans <laughs> is like the perfect consulting client, actually. Yeah. Because Tom can't make a decision for himself in any way. He's just constantly terrified and vulnerable. There are a lot of people in leadership who have consultants. Typically, Tom would have a team of 20 people creating decks for him. That 100%. He, that he can then run back to the family. Yeah. And the family has to sit there and watch presentations and, and decks that have been created, that are presented by senior leadership, but created by, by consultants. So when you're watching it, for me, there's this enormous vacuum of the actual incredibly boring way. They want to make capitalism exciting. And they want to make it trivial and emotional. Yes. Uh, and meanwhile, when a decision gets made, we've been there. It is. It can start trivial and emotional, but it then It always what happens? starts trivial because people are like, I like you. I will buy you. Yeah. And they're like, he loves me. That's great. And then the slog kicks in of like due diligence. So let me set you up here, right? So the consultants have been swarming and swarming and they're, they're billing and they're doing good. They have nice houses. They're, you know, they have large yeah. apartments, not as nice as the people on, on succession, but nice. And then it's time for a company to buy another company. And it's yeah. a whole, a whole world kicks in and now the real money gets made because there's a transaction a giant transaction is going to happen and a percentage of that transaction is going to go to bankers consultants and lawyers 
And this is where the actual like sharks show up. Everybody else is amateur hour. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. yeah. So, and so it's they, brutal. They're it always brutal. buying things on succession. What, when you look at that, what do you think is missing? I mean, uh, we used to get called in to do technical due diligence on stuff that was being bought, stuff that was being bought for hundreds of millions of dollars. So how long does that take? It could take months. Yes. It could take months and it's a grueling It's exhausting. Process. You're looking at code bases. Okay. How big is technical due diligence as part of the overall transaction? It's actually small. Yeah. Right. So, so think like hundreds of people looking with a dental pick. And, and, and what, what is ironic about that or counterintuitive maybe is the better word is that both parties want to get to close. They want to finish the deal. Right. But you have this other set of parties, accountants, lawyers, not bankers. Bankers are incented to close. That's right, because they, get, they, they on... get the active percentage. They're not billing hourly. They That's actually, right. they want the biggest payday possible. That's right. That's right. And so there's consultants that come in the mix that the thicker the deck, the thicker the binder for the deal, the more they get to bill you. And so all of that, that sort of love letter that started the whole thing is way off in the rear view mirror and the really big ones you've also got government and you might have government and you might have to get approval i mean that's right if if you told me that a thousand or two thousand people touch a major transaction like that i would be like yeah of course 100 100 percent. so so, i mean let's play it through like you've got you what do you hire me so you've we're back to consultants actually why i'm about to buy a company Mm-hmm. I'm going to hire McKinsey, the the bluest blooded of all the blue blood I need to validate. Firms. I need to validate that the revenue they got is real. Mm-hmm. They're not lying. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have armies of lawyers look at every single contract they've ever signed. I'm going to have armies of accountants look at accounts receivable, their check, their their bank accounts, the amount of money owed, outstanding. Look, you and I sold it's, a company. We had things real buttoned up. We had HR and accounting in from day zero. And it was like, do you have receipts from that coffee you bought seven years ago? You feel like a failure. Oh, it's so bad. What, Versions of every contract is there. You know, they what, they what create documents good. that never existed and then demand them. Absolutely. And and what made me feel good was when the bankers would tell us, you guys are actually pretty good. Yeah. We've seen way worse, right? And that makes you feel good. So we were a little baby company yeah. in the little baby woods. Imagine a like six yeah. billion dollar, I'm going to buy a media firm. So. So when it's like, we're going to go buy whatever, yeah, that's a complete, and we're going to go have like dinner with the families yeah. and blah, blah. They are capturing, I think, the spirit of the handshake, which the is first, real. They're right? getting that first 2%. Yeah. But, but then there's a slog. The 98% slog that actually completely changes the nature of the organization because everybody's aware of it. It's 100%. Out. It's, 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 and it's, it's not romantic at all. No. Closing no. is... You know what it is? Final day. You get like, oh, we're done. If you've ever bought a house and you get you fall in love with the house, you're like, I can't wait to move in there. And now come the, you know, the seller broker, the buyer broker. Oh, the closing. Yeah. And they're like, you know, uh, you said and then it's you said that you were gonna install those lamps. Yeah. All of it. It's endless. Okay, so one was no army of consultants. Two is M&A is seen as like a casual family process instead of an excruciating accounting nightmare. Exactly. With lawyers involved. Yeah. Man, What's number three? It's good that we're not the producers of this show. No, it is. It would okay. have been oh, really boring. It would be absolutely the worst <laughs> and least watchable program. It would be 
It'd be like watching spreadsheet. It's like watching episode four accounting. It is. It'd be like watching Excel influencers. Exactly. Um, but this is actually, let me just like, as a meta point, the absence of Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, and Excel as stars of the show is is actually really <laughs> problematic to me. Like, yeah. like Microsoft should have been in there. Not even that. There's nobody even turning to anyone saying, did you put the Dropbox link in or do you have the file? Nobody, yeah. I've never seen a USB stick get handed over. No, they did pee on a, on a phone once because the app was bad. Oh, right, 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 right. That so was that good. was at least, yeah. but, but even there, Look, that's not accurate. Credit to them. It's all entertainment. Yes, I've never seen for. anyone urinate on a device to, to demonstrate the quality of yeah. that. Maybe, maybe it happens. All right, what, what's your third? The third is a little more on the human side. We're sitting here flexing our consulting backgrounds. Um, on the human side is um, you've got essentially the structure of the show is a bunch of kids are fighting for power and ownership of this conglomerate because mm -hmm. the founder, the old man, Logan, is older and wants to step down. And he's watching these kids just sort of pull on his pant leg and say, hey, I'm the smartest one. And, and it's yes. so casual. Yes. And if you look at actual succession, um, founders love their thing more than their children it's true they wouldn't express it that way but they'd be like these are two separate worlds and i would love to see it line up because i love my son or daughter but it is them it it's is them. It, it is a format what people don't realize is companies that are founded that reach a ton of success are literally a form of expression of the founder companies succeed is because people become obsessive about them and it becomes the ultimate judgment of themselves right as leaders and as founders and whatnot and so when you see you know there's a lot of great lines in succession and a lot of them are really around his frustration the founder's frustration with how for how for, how short everyone is falling in terms of internalizing what the thing is it's always like you're not even serious like you're not even legitimate here and what he's really saying is like, not that you're dumb. It's just that you'll never get it. You'll never get it. There's a it. lot of conversation about it. Like, he's just not a killer. Not a killer. And you just, you know, this is, you think this is a toy, right? And, it, and what that is, is that person, A, not wanting to let go. People don't want to let well, go. Well, one thing they get right about the, the, the character, I think, is that it's not just that he, he can't let go because it all came out of him. You can't. And and for him, they go back to his like crappy Scottish childhood at one point. Yeah. It's kind of we're not, it's not really a spoiler, right? And he's yeah. just like, you know, looking at at that part of his past and you can see like everything that he built comes out of that crappy little house. Yeah. And his kids have been born on helicopters. Yeah. And so the con there are no consequences. For him, everything is a profound consequence. So I think they get that part right. I think they get that part right. I think but I think what they get wrong is is I mean, the kids are like dodo birds. Like it's a really comical. Like they're smart, they're bright kids, but nobody's doing any of the work. Everybody's looking for the big shortcut. And the truth is legit founders would never let you have well, it. They're you, not gonna let that happen. You and I are co-founders. We have very little interest in raising our children into our companies. That's not really our goal. <laughs> I mean, if, they want, if they're interested in it, but, but let's be that for a minute. Let's actually, so Rich, you and I, we have this company aboard. It's the sponsor of this podcast. Let's say it, let's say all of our dreams come true and it's a giant internet platform that everybody loves. Yeah. And now we're planning an, a next generation. Yeah. First of all, it's beautiful as co-founders because now our, both of our children, like, <laughs> like like your kids and my kids yeah. would have to duke it out. So let's put that aside. But let's say uh, we'll make up a name for your kid. We'll call him uh, 
Billy. Billy. Billy or Sally, okay, yeah. are your two kids. And uh, assume that I'm not worried about this. Let's just like not have any weird dynamics. This. You want them to take over the company. Now what happens? 25 years of apprenticeship. First of all, you got to go get an MBA or, or equivalent. You got to go, go be a lawyer yeah. or go like you have all the resources in the world. And so yeah. you better go get a fundamental professional grounding. Yeah. Right. So there's that like you're not, you, you know, like you can't be COO of this company unless yeah. you are also a lawyer. Yeah. I mean, look, succession is, is painting this as like a quasi monarchy, right? Like right. that's the whole point, which is like, wait, I was born into this, obviously. Now yeah, but there's no all... way there's no way that Logan as a character would risk the foundation of his company by putting Roman in as COO. If exactly. this was real life, exactly. because unless the kids that succeed in these worlds are the ones who essentially get over credentialed. They think they're going to earn their parents' love. It's still pathological. Yeah. 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 But like they get over credentialed so that they are, they don't have to prove themselves every day in the role because otherwise everyone is just like, you're a joke. I'm going to, and everybody there's that too, that's a terrible thing. Well, right? there's a fun, there's a fantasy of Imperial power inside of organizations. Mm. And yes, if you're the founder and you created all the money and you are just an absolute monster, you can have Imperial power. But the kids coming in, what they don't show, those kids get dropped in. They kind of get airdropped into these roles throughout the seasons. No one would take them seriously at all. It wouldn't just be like they'd undermine they, them. They would just ignore them completely. Yeah. Or, or yeah, and route around them. And, yeah. And, and they just, would be, and that doesn't happen, actually. They get into these roles, and then suddenly the CEO is like, all right, I'm going to partner with you. And so on. it wouldn't even happen. She'd be like, all right, I'm going to create a basically a playpen for you. It's not that exciting. It's yeah. not a soap opera at all. It's That's actually right. pretty boring. And, and this is the thing like, Roman is a character, his entire life would be looking at spreadsheets. It, you'd have to pay those dues, right? Yeah. And, and, and you, do, you pay those dues because for two reasons. One, you want to get it right. And two, you also don't like it's a horrible feeling to feel like you just took a shortcut and like cut the line and nobody respects you right like for you know for, here it's ruthless well, but, but let's also be clear like those roles are important and they result in billions of dollars of transactions happening around them yeah and so there's no and if you put incompetent people into those roles who don't execute you do material damage to the company and the shareholders get upset yeah so like there's this whole fiction where you can move the, the children around like chess pieces mm -hmm. and get certain outcomes. But the reality is you're like one mistake away from a New York Times business profile that causes your share price to implode. Yeah. Like Roman alone, who is like the smartest of the kids, in my opinion, maybe, maybe Roman alone would have resulted in like a horrible Andrew Sorkin profile in which the whole of the company loses about $20 billion in <laughs> yeah. shareholder value. Yeah. At which point he's not on the chessboard right, anymore, right, right. right? He goes home, he goes yeah. back to like some big apartment. Yeah. So, so there's like a fundamental mismatch between the awful excruciating boredom and professionalization that these children would have to perform in order to get daddy's love and where they are to be interesting characters in the story. It's funny. I don't want to close it with this observation about how organizations strangely optimize for the best leadership automatically almost. Um, you know, there's the classic mailroom story. I started in the mailroom and I became CEO, sure. right? And what that is, is, is very anti-political in nature. And that is because the organization, you would think, would have mechanisms that measure 
success and performance, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a great sales leader regionally. Then I became a great sales leader in North America and I right. became head of global sales. A little politics, but mostly merit. Mostly merit because people all are on the same ship and want to see it do well. That's, that's the theoretical narrative. That's of the theoretical. Yeah. No, no. There's some that don't do that yeah. and they suffer, right? Yes. Um, there's the really slick interview of the new leader who's supposed to come in and turn it around and they, and they fail within six months, right? But a lot of times organizations as sort of these like com- compositional organisms of, that, are, that have a, an immune system that sort of rejects people that like, okay, you get three strikes and then you're not going to have that much responsibility. You're hurting the whole thing, right? This is the thing. You could never have that much objectively that much drama at the top of an organization and have and not pay a tremendous material price it filters down and 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 when people start to feel the ground shaking it sort of rejects the host rejects the 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 virus like it it'll get rid of it it'll it'll marginalize it if it's the kid they'll get like some island role like just overseeing some fringe thing that can't do more damage if it's the kid of the of the founder or whatever but the organism the organism and I say organism because it is kind of like one right it's mm-hmm. sort of like an immune system I always think of the body rejecting the transplant right like if yeah. if you get a new kidney or a new liver the body might go like I don't want it yeah that's right that's right and and you know, can you have bold innovation and whatnot coming from the descendants? I, I don't know. I don't know if Hershey Park was the idea of the founder or the idea of the kid of the founder. I think the founder had no kids, if I'm not um, mistaken. Well, you know, that's an interesting thing that you bring up. I'm about to, we're just going to have a digression right now because you can't bring that up and I don't have this digression. Well, kick, tee up the next podcast. Okay, so um, Hershey. The Paul Hers- loves chocolate. I know the Hershey Chocolate Company really well because I went to the boarding school created by the founder of Hershey Chocolate. Her, um, Milton, Her- Milton Snavely Hershey mm-hmm. uh, could not conceive with his wife Fanny or Franny. I can't remember, but uh, they instead founded a school for children of limited means. Uh, and you at, went to that school at that point, orphans, and then it was later expanded. This is I know I know this. Yeah. I'm aware of this, and I think this is a wonderful topic about what you learned in that experience. You know, we could talk about that. That'd be interesting. See, now look, we 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 took we went from succession, which is kind of gross, all the way to wholesome chocolate bars. Yeah, well, that part's a little tricky, but yes, we could talk about that yes. anyway. So, succession, we're going to continue watching it. It's the last season. Last season. It's the only people it's, are sad. It's the only uh, TV show I'm kind of committed to, frankly. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious to see how they wind it up. It's been a hell of a hell of a ride so far. I haven't seen the last couple it's, episodes. Look, it, this sounds like criticism, but it's a very entertaining show. Oh no, it's, it's just, just delicious umami in your face. I I have a high tolerance for boredom. Everything we just described, I don't think I need to see it in a TV show. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, who is this podcast sponsored by? Rich, I'm so glad you asked. If you go to aboard.com, you'll see a, uh, a little website. We're now in, um, late. Oh no, it's May. It's May. We're in May, uh, 2023. When you listen to this, go sign up and give us your email. Aboard is a tool for managing all kinds of things in your life, but especially the things that you see on the web, products yeah. you want to buy, the articles you want to read. Um, it puts them in, it makes it really easy to import them and put them into a beautiful format that's really fun to look at with your friends, with a small community. So I cannot wait. I've been using it all day, every day. I can't wait to share this thing with you. 
frankly. And that, that sounds like marketing. I can't wait. It is marketing. That's okay. Marketing is okay. Yeah, is it? It's okay. Aboard.com. Sign up and uh, spread the word about the podcast. I'm Rich Ziotti. I'm Paul Ford. This is Ziotti and Ford Advisors. Uh, follow us at, at Ziotti Ford on Twitter and ZiottiFord.com. Thanks, everybody. Have a lovely week. Oh, hello at ZiottiFord.com. Yeah, send us mailbag mail. Whew, can't forget that. Bye, everybody. Bye.